Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 352. And I have Aaron and Rich with me. Hey, yo. Hey, guys. We're back. We're back, Baby. finally. <laughs> finally. Well, kind of. Yes, most Carol's of us. not with us. Most of us are back. Um, I am back from vacation, so hopefully we'll get back onto a more regular recording schedule. That is the plan. Um, but we're going to try and get caught up today. Or relatively caught up, um, and we're going to talk about um, episodes eighteen and nineteen, a new deal and variant. Cool. All right. So I, I was let me really say hoping, up. hoping for a for like a weird um, secret episode of Loki when they named it variant. <laughs> yes. Let me say straight up right now, I'm going to be as much involved in this episode as I can. There's a chance I might have to, have to t- t- take a break from it. Um, but I, but I, I'm sure Russ and Rich can do plenty of good uh, talking about the episode if I, if I have to make an untimely exit. Uh, but I am here to talk about this show. Yeah, so we'll just, we'll just hop right into <clears throat> a new deal. Uh, it, it's interesting because again, this episode picks up pretty much where the last one left off. Um, yeah. you know, immediately there's, there's really no, no gap in between and Mercer and Pamela just show up in the sewer. And I just, I was like, uh, we kind of talked about the, the expedient travel, uh, in the, in the last episode, but again, it just kind of, it just kind of stuck out to me. Uh, in the watching this, it's like, oh, of course, they're however far they are away from Commonwealth, and and they just show up in the sewer. Yeah, man, I'm telling sewer. you, they have they have invented teleporter technology post uh, Walking Dead apocalypse. They're just not showing us on screen yet for some reason. Because that was my first thought. I'm like, did how 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 did they get there so quick? I guess the point is they're closer to the Commonwealth than uh, than than maybe they're alluding to. I guess I guess I always kind of pictured them being closer to Alexandria than the Commonwealth, but clearly that's that, not the. That was the my thought too. <laughs> I don't know. Clearly, that is not the case. Um, so yeah, they kind of have this huge, you know, showdown in the sewer, and Pamela shows up. Obviously, Mercer shows up, and Carol shows up. And I love Daryl looks at Carol and goes, what did you do? <laughs> like he knew, he knew whatever was going down had something. She, she was responsible or involved in, in some way, shape or form. Um, and she says she cut a deal. She cut a deal to, to save everybody. And did um, she, the, the I mean, deal. what is the deal exactly? I don't see what the benefit but, is for her taking them to Daryl and everything like that, he could have just off what's his head. 
I, I don't see the benefit that they're getting because there are people that are inside okay. the Commonwealth I, are still being hunted down. So I don't but, see but, what hold she on, hold on. They're, they're, Well, they're not being hunted down. There is Hornsby's people. Hornsby's people no, are doing this, nefarious things because Hornsby is a separate entity from Hanel at this point. But as far as the deal is concerned, what Carol, what Carol, what Carol worked out is that they're basically they're done. They are going to leave, and the Commonwealth will provide the necessary means that they needed as far as supplies and whatnot to repair Alexandria and give them food, basically so they can keep living on their own. And anyone that wants to stay in the Commonwealth is allowed to. That's the deal that they worked out. Other stuff around that, that's extraneous. But in terms of the deal that Carol set up with Pamela, that's what we got. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I don't feel that that was some massive deal just I, I don't know a massive deal to, to separate from this thing completely and have the means to keep surviving on your own I think that's a pretty good with no repercussions I think it's a pretty good deal well and it, it, it gave Pamela I mean the, the other thing is yeah, it gave that, Pamela a scapegoat right which is what she needed she, gets, she, she needed something she, yeah she needed something to go to the masses with to get the heat off her son and at that time she really had nothing because it looked like Sebastian was was wholly responsible. So, so part of the deal with, you know, with Carol going to, <clears throat> to Pamela was, yeah. Hey, I'm going to give you Hornsby. This is what he's been doing. This is what's been going on. He can be the scapegoat in return and, and I'll back your play. And in return, I'll, you, you, you let my people go back home that want to go home and give us the supplies and stuff. To yeah, rebuild no, I that, get it. I just, know, I don't feel the risk is place. worth the reward in this deal. Uh, as far as our folks' end of it, I mean, especially Carol should have learned from 11 years of experience of this or however long it's been in the sliding timescale um, that these type of people cannot be kept at their word. And it's going to get bite them in the long run anyway and she didn't i I don't know i guess it bought some time i I mean everything was fine until i mean we'll get to it but until max does her thing and eugene steps in on it like i I, everything was fine that was the way things were going carol knows pamela specifically is one that very much would keep her side of the deal because she's not a corrupt individual beyond like things about like the lottery like just like the the minute minute stuff but in terms of like a sense of sinisterness, that's Hornsby's department, which is what they're solving, essentially. Should Carol have anticipated that Hornsby Hornsby has more power uh, than he might be letting on? Yes, because Carol's smart like that, but the show needs to happen. So, like, I I get that. I get the I get the thought of things tend to not work out for people in this world, so we should probably brace for that aspect. I get that for sure. But in terms of, like, Carol's reliance on Pamela, I think she's entitled to believe Pamela because Carol knows people, and I think she knows that Pamela's not the one that's going to betray anybody. Yeah, the miscalculation of Hornsby is the is the it, it's not so much the Pamela thing; it's the it's the Hornsby thing that Carol the, the Hornsby henchman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Carol mis misjudged in my in my opinion. Um, I still love that Daryl puts the knife in his hand. Yes, oh, that's the yes. best. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best. <laughs> Daryl's like, okay, fine. I don't like any of this, and this guy's an asshat, so he'll live. <laughs> yeah, that was a great bit. <clears throat> uh, so then, the, the next we see him, Hornsby is talking to Mercer, and Mercer kind of has him like tied up out in the field. There's some like walkers, kind of, sort of off in the distance. Um, 
And one of the things, and of course, Pamela shows up. One of the things I noticed about Mercer, and I guess the armor for the Commonwealth people that I didn't real, really pay attention to up until this moment is uh, the ass armor. Like, he's got, like, the armor on, on these dudes, like, there's a huge plate right across the right across the ass end of, of everybody. And I thought, that's actually pretty smart <laughs> to, to armor up your, your backside. Uh, I don't know why that just caught me, but it just, it, I guess cause Mercer's armor is like that, the bright orange against the black. Uh-huh. And it just, uh, it's just something I know. Well, it's like, it's not exactly this, but it's like the space balls, stormtroopers that are very designed to be giant dick jokes. I mean, they're <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I just thought it was funny. Um, but anyway, Pamela tells Hornsby basically he's out. Like you're you're done. You're 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 gone. You're that's your punishment. And Hornsby's like, well, what are you talking about? He kind of half threatens her too to basically. I guess more so. I guess when he's in the jail, but but you could tell Hornsby's like, okay, you know, if this is the if this is your play, then you better be ready for it because uh, this this probably isn't going to go down the way you think it is. Yeah, he still feels um, like he's very much like still like jailed Hornsby has a very sinister vibe to him, just like on the outside. Like, yes. like what what was his background? Because like I know the Miltons, the founder was the president at one point be- before the fall and all that stuff. What was Hornsby again? I'm trying to remember. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a used car salesman or a real estate agent. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> think we have a specific backstory. I th- I thought they mentioned he worked in the administration in some shape that or form. Wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't recall. He does give me a Bill Paxton in True Lies kind of vibe. Yeah, but more competent. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, very much. Very yes. Aaron and Jerry and Lydia uh, and Elijah, Elijah and. And Lydia are heading out with supplies. We'll get back to them next week. Uh, Because they're. (laughs) That's that's really. Yeah. It's really. Hey, don't forget about us. We'll check back in with them later. And again, it was funny because last week we, I think one of the one of the feedback we got from a listener was talking about Oceanside and how like nobody said anything about Oceanside. So it's kind of funny that this week it's Aaron. His mission is specifically Oceanside. Like, hey, we need to get these supplies to Oceanside and let them know what's going on. because they're kind of out there on their own. So but even that with that, men- even with that mention, I mean, it's basically still just this tiny thing in the episode. It's like, Be- come because, on, man. Yes. Because, well, because who cares? Like, if you want to put it on ocean side, like, <laughs> like what character is there that you? They could, they could have made contact with Atlantis that isn't being affected by the zombie apocalypse. Uh-huh. Who knows, man? I, I like I like this cry. I was like, why are they talking about Oceanside? Like, who who's there? Who are you waiting for to see? Like, <laughs> like what is what are they going to add to the story? Because that's that's the site prophesied for the return of the Messiah, Rick Grimes. <laughs> but we find out that Lydia and Elijah are starting to kind of form a, a bit of a relationship or have something kind of going on, which we'll we'll get that to that. A little bit later, when she when Lydia kind of has that conversation with uh, with Carol about some guilt that she feels because of Henry, so um, Daryl tried. It's funny because this is kind of like a like everybody's packing up to kind of head back home, kind of kind of bit, and so we're kind of getting a little bit of everybody it's here. It's a mix, right? It's, um, it's a lot of people packing up to go, and some yeah. people like 
explaining like, well, we're going to stay. Like it's a lot of just like yeah, conversations right. surrounding like the, the new deal that's been made. Yeah. And this is an interesting exchange between Daryl and Judith because Daryl wants to give her the Rick's gun back. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want it right now. And, you know, she kind of talks about like trying to be different and she wants to stay and, you know, and then she, she even kind of puts it back on Daryl. Like, Oh, you're, you don't want to stay cause you're afraid. And Daryl kind of has, gets, gets kind of pissed off and they kind of have this moment between them where they're, you know, kind of, uh, again, Daryl's trying to be, do the best he can to be this parent that he never, he never wanted to be, but was kind of thrust upon him when obviously with, with Rick, you know, Michonne. being gone and then, and then Michonne leaving. So it's kind of thrust him in this position of being a father that he didn't, he never really wanted to be. Um, and you know, obviously a, a preteen, uh, daughter who's, who's got a bit of a, of an attitude and, and, uh, is essentially a little adult. I mean, she's basically been raised, you know, as an adult, I, even though she's I will a say child. This, and so, because I know I've been critical, not of the actors, but just how the character's written. I do think they're doing a better job with Judith uh, these days. I'm appreciating what she's bringing to these episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her character's definitely, as we approach the yeah, end, getting it's, fleshed out. It's, it's less much, about much being better. precocious and more like just acting like a person. <laughs> so it's like, yes, this is helping. Yes. So then we get to Founders Day, which is kind of like the you know the big carnival celebration. Um, Ezekiel is running the little petting zoo, which I thought was uh, very fitting, obviously. Um, and he mentions to Carol that he's staying. You know, yeah, he, he, you know, he he, yeah, he got a second. Chance. And she's like, well, we you know we have plenty of medicine. We can bring all that stuff. And Ezekiel's like, no, I like this is my opportunity to to be to do what I want to do and bring joy to people and you know, all this without all the kind of like the, the baggage of leadership and the weight, you know, literally the weight of the crown of the king on his, on his shoulders. It, it, and he, he, you know, Carol kind of, there's a lot of this whole, like, we know this, there's a, there's problems in this place and that there's, you know, bad motivations. People are, you know, not who they seem and stuff. And there's a lot of people wanting to stay behind to make it better. It's like, well, you know, if if we just leave and everybody acts like this and nobody does anything to change anything, then then nothing nothing's ever going to change. So again, it's more of this like a group of people wanting to stay behind from the Alexandria crew to to try and make a make a better life for themselves and and to hopefully make a better uh, life for for the Commonwealth itself. Yeah, yeah for sure. <clears throat> Pamela and uh, Sebastian have their little back and forth where Pamela wants essentially wants Sebastian to grow up and to to you know, become the leader that he's going to be or have to be when she's gone. This is, it's almost like there's a weird, like, I mean, her father was the president and now she's, she's who also formed the Commonwealth or founded the Commonwealth. And then she became in charge after him. And now she wants her son to be in charge after him. So it's almost like this weird, like monarchy thing they've got going on, but yet. Well, yeah, I mean, it's this kind of, she, she very much feels like someone that doesn't really care about being the leader. She's just doing it as a kind of a sub in until her son is old enough. She's holding on to this old fashioned style of rule, which are you some gender balance issues and going on there. And that's, I think what part of the point of the show, but I, 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 I find this all interesting. This kind of 
yeah, like you're saying, it's kind of monarchy type stuff in terms, of, like especially like watching yes, House of yes. Dragon at the same time. It's like saying these like yeah, exactly God, but also what I really like about this, and I this should have been a very big clue that this is going to be the last yeah. Sebastian episode, but. I love how much like he's like almost worse than he was before this episode where it's like, dude, you just got like saved and you're being like the worst yes. you could possibly be. Now. It's exactly. You're not owning up to anything that took place here. You're just still spitting in everybody's face as far as like how much of a dick you want to be. Well, oh, that's because we silver spoon in the mouth brats like that. That's that's how they grow up. They are not told. No, they're not yeah, told, you know, and they just can. If they get away with something, even if they do feel remorse for a few seconds, it doesn't matter. The world is their oyster. They can do whatever they want. Just, you know, ask like Trump. I mean, it's the exact type of personality. And he he was just a dick to the end. Yeah, but it's man. interesting because he was like, live, they found him in squalor. Like he... He clearly was like on the outs and dealing with the consequences of his actions, you know, about 10 minutes ago. And, and they, they kind of had to pull him out from that. So, I mean, he, he has had a taste of what it can be like if you if you don't, you know, kind of play by the rules. So uh, so, again, it just it just didn't stick like it lasted about f- five minutes. But, yeah, he's he's clearly not wanting to uh, to really bite on that and he, he he i think he'd be happy just just not rule not quote unquote ruling at all like he just wants he wants his cake and eat it, eat it like he doesn't want to have anything to do with 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 governing or ruling or any of that like he just wants to be able to he wants the prestige he doesn't want to do the work he, he doesn't even want the prestige another, like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't want it at all like he wants to be able to just not take take over period like he wants to go back to you know laying in the park with 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 a with his girlfriend on a blanket you know with the champagne he doesn't want to he doesn't want to deal with any of it yeah um so then we cut we we don't get much of negan in this episode or the next episode uh to be honest with you so we just get this bit here where same kind of thing like everybody's dealing with whether they want to stay or or they don't want to stay and uh you know, Negan and his wife are—they have the ultrasound to check on the baby, and her amniotic levels are a little high or something like that. And she doesn't want to stay because these people are responsible for killing all of their—you know, basically their family. And you know, Negan wants to stay because he feels like, hey, these people have medicine and food and security, and you know, I'm about to be a dad for the first time, and it's changing my perspective. And and she's like, no, we can't stay here because these people are terrible and. We'll figure it out. Like we will, you know, it'll be us as a family and we'll figure it out. So he, he kind of, uh, appears to agree with that. But, but after this, we don't, we don't see any more from them at all. So as, as everybody's kind of preparing to, to leave and, you know, the whole drama we'll get into next episode with Eugene, like Negan doesn't, doesn't come back into the picture at all. So, um, is, is interesting to just get this little, little nugget here. Yeah. I, I've been kind of wondering if maybe Negan and Carol together are putting together some kind of play that they haven't ran by Daryl and the rest of the group because it's a bit on the, you know, shady side. I don't know. I just feel like something's going on there that we're just not being told about yet. It's possible. Yeah. And, and, I mean, that'd be a good reason for them not to 
like put too much spotlight on them and give them much airtime at this point because if there's stuff going on in the background that we don't know about then that would be a a way to 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 kind of deal with it i mean i have no basis for that other than you know kind of seasons past when they've played something in the background but we didn't know sure, it was there sure. you know so we cut back to uh daryl back at the house again packing up getting ready he sees rj there which is funny because rj is reading a copy of invincible which i thought was pretty funny oh i didn't catch uh, that i caught yeah the comic he's reading was invincible that's awesome maybe not quite age appropriate for a uh, seven-year-old or six-year-old but well in the zombie not, right? apocalypse six is your new 20 so well, fair point. <laughs> fair point. That kid, whatever he sees in Invincible, is probably pales in comparison <laughs> to what he's seen yeah. in real life. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was funny. So now we get Eugene and Stephanie um, that go pay a visit to Hornsby, which again I thought was odd that nobody's guarding Hornsby. Like they're just able to just walk right up and. Um, yeah. And, and Eugene is the one that actually talks to him, and st- I say Stephanie, Max, Stephanie, what, whatever you want to call her. Um, well, I think she was, I mean, she basically was staying out of sight. Yes. I don't think purposely. she wanted Hornsby to know no. that she was there. But No, because Horns- Hornsby even makes a crack about Max um, to, uh, to Eugene. So he clearly didn't know, either he... He said that knowing that she was probably there and out of sight, or he really didn't know that she was there. I mean, I guess it it works either way, honestly. Yeah. But, but yeah, she purposely stays out of sight so Hornsby doesn't uh, doesn't see him. But they the purpose in them going there is to try and get some dirt out of Hornsby on the Miltons. Like at this point, Max is full on thinking the Miltons are evil, they need to be taken down, they need to be exposed, and Eugene is is kind of all in on 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 it as well. And so their hope is they can make some kind of deal with the devil with with Hornsby. And and Hornsby isn't even biting. Like Hornsby's like, yeah, it, it's it's one of those like never bet against the Miltons, right? Like like if if you know Well there's if, that if but I also think that Hornsby already had his wheels in motion on a, this other plan he's cooking sure. up, so why bother sure. helping somebody else with another plan that could end up interfering in his plans? Where yeah. Yeah, for sure. Where are we? Um, Eugene and, uh, Max Max visiting Hornsby with the candy apple. (laughs) Yes. That looks so good. Yes. That was a mighty, I mean, it it was no cake, but it'll do. (laughs) I thought for a minute there. So there's this bit, we'll get to it later, but, uh, where Hornsby looks outside the jail cell and sees his two people. And then he looks back, like they focus in on that candy apple. And I'm like, well, it came from Eugene and and Max, but is there something up with that candy apple? <laughs> like, is there, I didn't. Like, that didn't dawn on me. Explosive? Is there something in there? Like, it was just weird the way they framed it. Um, you it's know, because right after it was beautiful, man. It was a beautiful candy apple. Somebody in production it, 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 somewhere it cooked up that candy apple out of somewhere, and I guarantee you, it wasn't alone. It, it did feel rather authentic for a candy apple being represented yeah. on screen like that. I would agree. Yeah. yeah, I I guarantee you that was not the only one on that set that day. That's probably fair. 
Yeah. Damn it, now I want a candy apple. <laughs> um so we come back to the church and there's this there's a scene with with Father Gabriel and Rosita and Gabe talking about how he's kind of come back to his faith. And, yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, the, you know people brought him. <laughs> we'll see where that takes him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Father Gabe, so yeah, it'll last about five minutes. Um, but yeah, but how he's come back to his faith and Rosita, you know, you, you could tell maybe he's trying to allude to the fact that maybe he wants to stay and Rosita clearly does not. And so when she's like, oh, well, you know, you've given, even though they brought you this, you know, you've given them stuff just as much as they've given you. Like there's, there's, you know, and what you've given them is going to stick with them after you're gone. So it's kind of, I, I think she's a reassuring him that, you know, he, he did do some good and, and B that, um, that they want to get the hell out of there, um, and, and not stick around. And at this, this time they kind of hear, uh, a kind of a, a commotion and they go in the back room and it's, it's, they find Judith, um, I can't. I guess she was coming in the window at that point, or trying I to get out of the window. Coming and knocked in. Over I mean, I wasn't Bibles sure at that moment, but later when she's talking to Daryl, I got it. That that's where she likes to go to find solace and peace and be alone. And um, sure. she didn't realize Father yeah. Gabe had yeah. stacked up a bunch of hymnals right there below the. I, that that's the way yeah. I took it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. So then we see a bunch of cleanup crew, like the the the, the cleanup crew for the for the um, Founders Day. They're kind of all gathering up and talking about the lottery and how you know what if they win the lottery, they're going to ditch this job and go do something, you know, go do something else. And this is where Hornsby's guys come up and just shoot all of them. And I was like, at first I was I like, did. what is like. I, didn't, I I totally didn't understand what was going on. I was like, what the hell? Like this makes no sense. Like I don't I don't get the motivation here. Like why would you kill them? Um, it, yeah, it, it becomes clear pretty quick. But um, well, because I I didn't pay that close attention when he shot a, when they shot them because I thought they shot them in the head. So that's why I was like, oh yeah, I was no, like no, why no, did yeah. they kill them? What did they know? What did they see? They knew something. And then later when they're up walking as zombies, I'm just like, wait a minute, I thought they shot them in the head. I actually rewound back, so I could, I'm like, oh no, they didn't. So this is what you like. We mentioned Daryl comes to get Judith. Um, uh, Daryl comes to get Judith in the church, and this is where they have the conversation about the hiding place and all that, you know, that her place to go and Daryl gets it. He talks about the place that he used to go to get away from everybody. Um, you know, when he was a kid. So it, again, it's kind of this moment and he's, you know, he, he said, well, you know, I've, I've, I've got the gun and, you know, I'll keep it until you're ready to, to, to take it back. They, again, they, so they've kind of healed up, you know, they're, they're, he, cause at the end he's like, are, we good? And she's like, we're good. <laughs> so again, they just kind of had this little spat and, um, and then they take off. Um, so yeah, it was just a, a good moment between the two of them. Um, so then this is where Max comes in and, um, Pamela is, 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 ta- is he's, he's going over speech. Pamela leaves hands, Max, the tape recorder, with uh, her father's speech on it, so it could be played, you know, when when Sebastian reads his thing at the Founders Day deal, and um, Stephanie or Max sets sets it off to the side, starts recording, and then kind of goads Sebastian into um, 
telling the truth, you know, that says this is all a bunch of BS. The whole thing is rigged. The the uh, lottery is rigged or, you know, it's it's all it's all just a sham and it's all just built on a bunch of bull crap. And so uh, apparently th- this was th- this was kind of Max's plan to get back to the Miltons is, is just to, to get to get back with them. And uh, this is this is her way to do it is to embarrass them in front of everybody in front of Founders Day. So, you know, they have their little wrestling match thing. Pamela's about to, you know, they, they got the thing for the lottery out and uh, Sebastian starts to read his script and then kind of throws it down and goes ad lib a little bit and says, oh, you know, you should hear from my grandfather's words. And then Eugene plays the tape. And of course, things start to get all crazy and chaotic. And at that time, we see what happened with the uh, custodian workers that were shot. They have turned into zombies and have been let loose on the 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 carnival goers, the the free the Founders Day celebration people, um, so they could cause chaos. So it's it's like chaos on chaos. You have the chaos of everybody turning against Pamela now and and Sebastian for what they've done, and you have the chaos of of the zombies that are that are have come in, um, and chaos ensues. Sebastian chases after Max, catches her at one point, pulls pulls one of the zombies, throws it on her, and she's able to try and fight it off um, until Eugene comes and pushes him out of the way, one of the walkers out of the way, and it lands on top of Sebastian and ends up biting him. Which there are so, so many witnesses to the fact that he tried to zombie attack Max first. So the whole thing was self-defense in a way. I don't know. It's something how this government is set up. <laughs> because like even in like their the grandfather's yeah. words and in Pamela's words and everything else there's all of this alluding to the American dream and the American way and all of that. Well, you, you've set up a, a monarchy where the press yeah, yeah. can't print anything bad about you or others that are well off. And um, the law is only applied as you see fit, not vice versa. And the rule of law, I mean, I'm just saying is it's like the, it's the opposite of America. <laughs> so it's funny. That's why I thought it was odd. You know, again, the whole thing, that's why I kind of alluded to in the beginning, you know, with, with the whole, you know, line of succession, like a monarchy, because, you know, it seems like for the most part, they're trying to hold up to, you know, her father was the president. So they're trying to hold up to this ideal, like, like you're saying. And then, you know, but, but yet they have this line of succession, like, like a King. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, dichotomy. All right. And that's where we end this episode. So how many busters do we give this episode? Rich, how many, how many busters do you give a new deal? Honestly, it, it wasn't bad. It things moved at a good pace. I, I, I give it a four. I'd say a good four. I also think that I'm glad I watched it and and the next episode back to back together because it kind of felt more like one big episode. So, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, even more so than the last episode in this episode. 
even though they they again yeah. all three of these episodes just go boom 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 like they all they all flow together but i agree i think this one and and then and we'll talk about variant kind of to me flowed together much better as is a because i did the same thing i kind of watched them to catch up after being gone i yeah. watched them both at the uh back to back and and it 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 definitely made made for a better uh overall experience yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to give it four as well. Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed this episode. I think even though it, not a whole lot happened until we got to the end, um, I, I think the way they're kind of moving the pieces and we saw how, you know, again, like with the show all the time where a group makes a bunch of plans, every, we think everything's going in the right direction and then boom, you know, um, it gets up upended, you know, by somebody else yeah. doing something to, to screw over their plans. Um, and seeing Sebastian get it in the end was, was worthwhile. Uh, yeah, so it was, was as satisfying was as when Joffrey died. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, we will get Mr. Newworth's uh, comments when he hops back on. So we will continue, um, with the Facebook group comments, uh, since we did get, we did get quite a few Facebook comments for this episode and, and, and quite a bit of back and forth. So I'll, uh, I'll go over the Facebook comments at facebook.com slash group slash WDDV podcast. You can leave your buster ratings, uh, every week as we do the podcast, uh, over there. Um, starting with David view, the third, this was a good 4.5 long lost busters out of five. The tension and pace of these new episodes are remnants of the episodes from long ago when you felt an ass whooping was about to happen. Thank you, Negan. I believe I heard the first use of the F word on this show or was the second time they've used it quite a bit. Like, I, I think it just depends on whether you watch the broadcast. Didn't they use it in the first season? Uh, I like don't I, know. I, I remember. I think. I think Merle used it once in the first season. This this little six episode short season, or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I know it's definitely been done before, and I think it's just a difference between the broadcast version. Like I always watch it on AMC Plus, so I'm not watching the broadcast version. So, um, my my guess is that if you probably watch the broadcast version, I, I don't know. Maybe they've gotten to where they just do it on the broadcast version too. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, but I know that they've used it in seasons before because I think last either the last group of of episodes or last season, I know for sure Daryl's dropped dropped one. He dropped one again this time. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely not been. Um, uh, it's it's definitely been used in the, in the past. It's also good to see promos for three new series coming in 2023. Yeah, we definitely we definitely talked about that. Um, two 24 inch pythons running wild on you, brother, out of five. Why does every community have to have a damn festival? Man, you got you got to have something to uh, have people have something to look forward to. Man, you get community, people come together. You know, chance to meet your neighbors, all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, everybody just stays right. in their own house. Um, was that Brent that said yeah, that? Yeah, Woodbury. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, go to Texas sometime. Every, every town, town has a festival, yes. Has a Founders Day parade or a festival or, yeah, it's crazy. It's way to gin up, gin, A, it gins up money because people come from all over to, to eat, you know, yep. turkey legs and buy tchotchkes and, you know, see seed spitting contests and stuff. So. <laughs> Deep fried bacon. Exactly. Um, good Lord, how many times do you have to see the same thing? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I th- I think at least this one there was like less emphasis on the actual thing, like the the. And again, it was another. It, it kind of serves the plot, right? They needed something to get everybody together to make this announcement, so everybody would hear it, and also to let the walkers loose to kind of have chaos. So, and the wrestling match yeah. and all that kind of I mean, stuff. Like, I the, festi- I was the like, festival was kind of secondary. They just needed a plot device to where they could yeah. play this recording, so everybody would hear it. So did you did you watch the after episode thing with Kang? No, I didn't. I didn't. Because she mentions this because um, I was like, I thought they played foot a football game in the comic, and then she actually mentions it that because of uh, COVID restrictions is why they did the wrestling because it was uh, less athletes up close. <laughs> oh yeah, that definitely makes sense. So. So yeah, because I was like, "Why did they do?" Because re- I'm not a fan of wrestling. So well, and just, again, something quick and easy too. Like you know, if you yeah. have a football game, it's very drawn out. Like again, the purpose is not like again the per. It's more just a device to advance the the portion of the plot that they want to get to. Right. Um, right. So anyway, so but fair fair criticism. Um, now they literally had a wrestling match with a ring because those are easy to come by over a decade in the zombie apocalypse. What a joke. And I'm a big wrestling fan in real life, but come on. Uh, you know, again, I think rich, you, you know, your, your comment from Angela Kang was, was kind of there, you know, given the COVID restrictions and stuff, the fewer people you have to, to do something like that, the better. Um, yeah. And for a show that's been very good about characters referencing show history, not one of them has ever thought, you know, the last two of these festivals really went off the rails. Maybe this one, <laughs> maybe this one not. F- fair enough there. Um, I'm glad to see some conflict in the group about going back and, and rebuilding again uh, because this feels real. Hard to want to go do that all over again for some, and the ones you'd expect to want to leave are the ones trying to leave. At least that makes sense. Love Daryl dropping the S and F-bombs back-to-back. I remember they're messing with the wrong people in the train car when Lincoln, yeah, when Lincoln wanted to use the F bomb and couldn't get away with it. But they remember, actually filmed. They do, I was to say they did a take, didn't they? They did. He did yes. say it. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Because isn't it on the Blu-ray or whatever that it way? is? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so then there's yeah, there's definitely some back and forth about how people uh, uh, felt feel about the the festival. Um, all right, Mike Jones, two baggage handlers out of five. Did Daryl spend half this episode loudly packing bags? Not sure why Triple H in China wanted to kill those janitors. Well, I think that's that's uh, that that's remains to be seen, right? Like uh, those are Hornsby's guys, so I I, th- I think I think that's the point is we're trying to. I, I mean, obviously, it's because Hornsby has his own aspirations, right? Like he wants to be in charge. He doesn't want Pamela to be in charge. So he has his, his guys. So, and they killed the janitor. So they would turn into zombies. So they would go out and cause chaos. I mean, that, that, that was kind of the purpose. Uh, the douchebag, the the douchebag son wasn't a shocking death. Mm, Okay. Uh, looks like we'll see the walkers from world beyond after all. I'm not sure what that, what, what that, Oh, the, the smart was, uh, yeah, not, I mean, not in this episode, but yeah. Uh, Eric Jackson, three mono mixtapes out of five. Honestly, I would I would have given it a 4.5 except for Princess. Not in a God, I can't wait for more Princess. Way more like a why the F did the writer start giving her a plot with Mercer and then ghost her. I Googled because I thought maybe I missed something. 
since edibles became legal. Uh, found this. You don't forget an untimely death. She's still alive and well, as far as we know. She's just not here. Oh, that explains it. Honestly, I practically forgot about her and really liked this episode and the one before. Maybe sex with Mercer so good she became incapacitated for two weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're getting a bit of that with this. You know, I mentioned it before with Negan. We got a little bit of Negan and then and then not anything in the next like episode. Right. Uh, this one and the next one. So, yeah, I think they're just kind of getting towards the end and they just got to pick and choose, um, you know, who 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 gets uh, who gets airtime and who doesn't. Uh, Tammy Heisley, I enjoyed this episode more than last week. I can't really say too much, though, because I already watched the next episode, 3.5 Busters. All right, so that's what everybody had to say about uh, a new deal. So we will continue on and discuss Variant. Um, I don't I don't have as many, I mean, generally speaking, I don't have as many notes uh, for this one as I did the last one. Um, but again, this episode starts immediately after the previous episode, um, where Daryl grabs Eugene cause all this chaos is going on and they know that they're going to want him and Max like they're Daryl knows that, that they were responsible for all this. Their heads are going to roll. Um, so he grabs Eugene and is, is going to get him out of there to get, to get him hidden. Even though Eugene doesn't, you know, again, he wants to find Max, um, he doesn't want to go, but but Daryl knows if he doesn't get him out of there, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bad scene. The thing too, though, is I'm and I mean, her son just died, all of that stuff. So I can just imagine the places her mind is going. But Pamela, it would be smart of her not to retaliate against Max. I mean, everybody witnessed Sebastian, you know, you bitch, and going after her and everything like that. So obviously there's that issue there. And then if she ends up having Max executed, then, I mean, it's going to be obvious she's covering it up. I mean, yeah, which is the public's kind of dumb in the Commonwealth, but they're not that dumb. Yeah. Which I, again, I think that's why we'll get to in a minute. Why Mercer tries to get the confession. He just assumes that she's going to sign the confession and then they'll move on. Right. She'll just agree that it was just, you know, she didn't have anything to do with it. It was all Eugene and, you know, and that, that was that. Um, but, but Pamela wants to make an example out of, uh, out of them. I mean, she makes a, a point of saying that, you know, Max was, was taken and that basically there's an APB out on Eugene, like Eugene needs to be found. Um, and that, that the, the answer to this is they're going to pick up everybody from Alexandria and at minimum question them. And it, at most literally, pick them up and and hold them until they can get to the bottom of where Eugene is because they're pretty sure that um that that's that's gonna uh that that's the deal they're gonna they're gonna hide uh, Eugene because they're all you know kind of in on it um so then we see that Mercer they pick up Rosita and Mercer brings Rosita in and she's kind of taken aback right because Mercer starts to question her like he doesn't know who she is. And especially when we went through the last episode and Mercer's like, I respect you. I get, you know, like they're, they're kind of becoming close to each other and, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, and com- yeah. And the thing is here too, is like, because of the camera work for these, this scene, I just kept expecting at some point it was going to come around to where we saw Pamela over his shoulder in the background or, a camera or something. Cause I'm like, 
why is he acting this way? And it's got to, I'm like, he's got to be being watched. But no, he was just being a dick. I also see that Mercer is starting to like part of this is he's still going through the motions because of who he is. Right. But you, you start to see the cracks forming, right? Like Rosita says what she says. You can see this is starting to all affect Mercer. We'll get to it later when princess talks to him. Yeah. Um, but it's starting to crack. Like he's starting. I, I totally get where he's at least they're conveying to us through his expression that, he's starting to under we even saw it like in last episode right where where mercer was going after the zombies and pamela said where are you going you're supposed to protect me and he says no it's my job to protect the commonwealth so you could see that it's already starting to kind of erode on him that something needs to, to to be done and he's again the more of these people that he respects and has personal interaction with um, that he talks to, he's he start. I think the I think it's starting to to peel away. No, so. I, yeah, I get it. I just I I wouldn't have thought he him and I, it's like you said the last episode. You kind of got the impression that they they're bonding more, and then this. Yeah, and he did drop it. He did like he did. Like after they went True. through the formalities, yeah. like where she's like, yeah, that's me, you know, whatever. And then he started, he did start to drop it. So I think, again, he's playing it straight because that's his job. And that's just like, you know, maybe that's the training kicking in or, you know, just that that's how he does it. And then once Rosita kind of breaks him down a little bit, he, he kind of cracks a bit. So, so we're seeing it a little bit. Um, we find out, so Rosita goes back to the church. We find out that Eugene is being holed up in, in the church. Um, we cut back to Jerry and Aaron and, and, and that crew, um, their wagon is stuck. It got stuck in a man. It's like, even in the post apocalypse, <laughs> you can't get your potholes fixed. Like what America, what are your taxes going towards proper you know? infrastructure money? That's right. That's right. All those people in the Commonwealth paying their taxes and you got these shitty potholes. Um, so yeah, so they're trying to get the get the cart out of the uh out of the the you know, hole it's in and they're, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing. Finally they're able to it, you know, it, Elijah's like, Well, do we just need to to ditch the cart and Aaron's like, No, we can't, right. you know, because it's got all the supplies and everything. You know, there's like arrows and all kinds of like food and stuff in there. So they're finally able to kind of give it a good hard push, get it out, and it whacks Jerry, poor Jerry in the knee, um, and and takes him down. So um at this point they decide they're gonna find a place to to kind well, of Well they get a horde on night. Um yeah, they do find they do find that there's a horde. Like they see kind of off in the distance, and they're like, "Whoa, what should we do?" And that's when they decide, okay, they're gonna just kind of they find they find a place that has like fences and, and for a and, minute and a I was wondering because just the, the 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 lighting and the angles of the camera when they first got there, I thought for a minute this was the same place that was in the last episode of Tales. So, because I was like, is that? But no, it turned out to be an abandoned Ren Fair. I, I guess that makes sense because it's, I mean, they're probably just yeah, it's funny. locations too, right? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. I love it. Jerry's like, hey, we could, like, look, this place is great. It's got building. It's got walls. Kingdom 2.0. Kingdom 2.0. 2.0. <laughs> 
we got a lot of good Jerry stuff this episode. Yeah, oh, Jerry's Jerry's the man, and he get, he even gets an action moment to shine. Heck yeah, man! He's doing all kinds of stuff. I apologize for being gone for so long, and I'm probably gonna have to step away again in a bit. But I'm, I don't want to talk about this as much as I can. I don't want to derail this too much. I just need to emphasize that in the last episode. I was hooting and hollering when Sebastian got killed. Yes. I need to make that clear. I oh, I stood up. And, I, I, I was I, on I, my I couch, like just, 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 just like I was at the Arsenio Hall show all of a sudden, just like, just like, <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing. It was so satisfying to see it take place. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to derail it. So let's get back to this. Back to the Ren Fair. Real quick, what's your Buster's for the last episode? Buster's for the last episode. Gosh, what did I think of that? Like, uh, it's it's a good character episode that has like an, has an ending that I quite enjoyed. Uh, I'd probably say like three and a half busters. Huh. I like that episode. It is job. Rich and I were uh, fours. I, so I really, I really, I, you know, it like it's been a couple weeks, so it's like I'm trying to like keep it as fresh as I can in my mind. Uh, but I like I did like it quite a bit. Um, but yeah, three and a half, maybe four, if I thought about it a little more. Sure. I'm just playing it. I'm so sorry. That's fine. I I really like this third part of the season so far. Yes, it's been, it's been good. Generally, just uh, on a good on a good. It, it seems like that they 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 got their bearing. They're coming in for the landing now. Let's just hope they land it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it helps and to I, know. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it, it helps to know that some of these characters are going to continue on afterwards. So yeah, it. It takes the pressure off of having like I think a a real finale, you know. Like I, I think some of these characters obviously need to have some conclusion, but given that they're spinning off, you know, three different sets of these characters in the, in the different shows, that potentially any of these other characters that make it beyond the finale could show up in. I, I think there's less yeah. pressure on wrapping everything up and you know making it into this perfect thing uh, ma- the you know, walking dead pressure. world's not ending the, exactly the cinematic exactly. universe is not ending just this chapter of it is, yeah. is ending let's just hope they don't uh game of thrones and season eight it yeah for real um, so but yeah i'm i was just having this talk with my buddy john the other day about you know, I, I I appreciate a lot of these shows where we kind of know characters' fate, or in the ca- this case, we know there's another show coming, so they've got the plot armor and all of that stuff. But you know, like as him and I are really big fans of Supernatural, and so we've watched the first couple episodes of the Winchesters, and while I like it, I'm kind of like, but we know the fate of their dad. We know the fate of their mom. We've watched it for, what, 16, 17 seasons or whatever it was. So I'm just kind of hoping that TV starts to go back to, let's get some more original content. Yeah. And stay away from prequels and things that... You know, where we're going to know a good chunk of how it's going to end. And again, I don't not appreciate those things. I'm just kind of wondering, is this going to be the trope for a while? Probably so. Um, Mercer goes to talk to Princess. They'll they'll have a much larger conversation later, um, but they generally kind of talk about... uh, about things. Um, at this point, the soldiers find Max um, and take her in. Are, is the impression here that Rosita had something to do with them finding Max? 
I didn't. Or did she, I didn't get that? Or, Why do you think that? Well, because right after they like ma- the, the soldiers get Max, like we see Rosita walking away, and nobody says boo to her, and. She's trying to get Eugene to leave, I, and so I couldn't... I don't think she had anything... Basically, what it boiled down to is she had a split second to see to try to help Max, and that split second passed, and if she tried to help Max, then it would be both of them probably going in, whereas this way, they're just taking Max, and to them, she's just, oh, that's Rosita from company such and such and whatnot. You know, whereas if she had turned and tried to help Max, then they both could have been caught that, you know, it could have made the situation worse. I didn't take it that she had anything to do with them finding her, though. I hope not. Gotcha. I mean, that could be more of the things we're not seeing on screen yet. So. Maybe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they take Max in. Mercer talks to her, has a statement prepared, wants her to read, and she's like, "No, I'm I'm not going to read this." Like, they're all corrupt, and then she kind of puts a guilt trip on them because she talks about their father and is like, "You know, I I, wa- I would want to think that you know, Dad would be proud of me, you know, for standing up, and like he'd be he'd be disappointed in you for you know basically." Uh, perpetuating this lie and this and this nonsense. So again, when he says that, it, it to me it's another like this is like number two with Mercer, right? Like he heard it from Rosita. Now he's hearing it from his sister, and she throws her dad in there, which again is probably going to question like the man he used to be, the man he thought he would be one day, and like where his current situation is. So I I definitely start to see on his face where that affected him so again i think i think the armor is cracking off of off of mercer a little more um (laughs) and then we get to see next where eugene wants to go after um he's looking out the the window and and daryl's like what are you what are you doing you're gonna and he makes up some cockamamie story about like wanting to see the soldiers and kind of get a feel for like where they're patrolling and all this kind of stuff and he wants to go out there and daryl's like no you're not going out there you're not gonna make it one block and they're gonna and they're gonna get you and he kind of squares off with daryl like he's gonna fight him and daryl's looking at him like yeah you're you're not gonna fight me (laughs) like just just knock it off um it was it was actually pretty funny, um, and then Daryl's like, "Nope, go ahead." Like he just he he literally just kind of st- sidesteps him, and then of course uh, Eugene backs down and he he tells him he's like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a coward," and Daryl's like, "No, you're not a co- coward. You're smart. Like you know, not going out and immediately getting ki- captured is is it doesn't make you a coward. It makes you smart." Yeah. Um, it, it was just a nice exchange between those two, which they don't have a lot of interaction with each other on this show, you know, for the, for the most part. And so for them to kind of interact with each other and, and have this conversation, you know, cause Eugene even asked him, like, are you born? Um, like, are you born courageous? Like, you know, um, or is it something you, you become and Daryl kind of was like, well, it's, it's a yeah. little bit of both. Like, it's a know, good, it's a good you know, scene. Both, both are There's a lot of good character scenes in this episode um, as far as two one-on-one interactions. And, and ultimately yeah, that's a good, that's a good bit. For yeah. Sure. This is the Eugene scene, right? Yeah, where, where he, yeah, where Eugene's um, like, 
yeah, it, like he he like yes. calls him Haas yes. and everything. Like he's ready to throw down. And I, I, but I love the maturity in Daryl, where he's just like, <laughs> okay, and he steps aside. Yes. Uh, he he knows what's not going to happen. But I like, you know, it's the there's a way to do this that's cliche <laughs> yes. and corny, and it doesn't do that. It lets Daryl just be an adult and just move out of the way and yeah. have a peaceful conversation. Like it's good stuff. Duck it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the corny way would be Eugene taking a swing and Daryl, like, you know, deftly moving out of the way and, you know, like him taking, you know, just that whole, you know, nonsense. All of this and all of this in mind, this whole episode in terms of the Eugene story, as far as him being on the lamb, maybe you guys should go to the one place that everybody from the community is going to all the time, <laughs> the damn church. I mean, like, yes. it's not a hard, like, what's the search process here, guys? <laughs> Eugene, uh, it's hard to find. <laughs> I thought that too. I'm like, did, so what is, the church? <laughs> are they following the ancient laws of sanctuary? It doesn't seem like Daryl, Rosita, Gabriel, whoever the hell else are like hiding the fact that they're constantly going to church for some reason on yes. a Thursday. Like what's happening here? <laughs> so we're back to Pamela and Hornsby and good scene. They here. have their little is a good scene. bit. <laughs> yeah. And then she wheels in Sebastian and Again, wait, wait, wait. before before she wheels him in, they have the conversation they're having. It, it, like she at one point, like like touches him, right? She like touches his face, yes, and yes, and he's like in like he's into it in a way where it's like, is this not? This doesn't seem like the first time that they've had like a physical interaction in this sense. Yeah, and it's really creepy, yeah. and it's like, wait, so what's yes. this relationship again? Like, what is what are these two people about? Uh, before she completely turns it on. It's heels and like starts, you know, hurting him and making and uh, and um, that the death threat happens, right? Or like the she does, she pulls like a two face on him, yeah, pulls out the coin, takes it. yes, it's it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff going on, yes, and then ultimately wheels in Sebastian, um, and then they just leave, so it's again ambiguous as to what happens to what, no, 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 no. No, my guess no, is no, no, yeah. She, she dumps the she dumps the body of one of his bald henchmen guy in there. She dumps his body inside because feed he, my like, son. They, they, kill, they killed him and he's and gives him like a knife or whatever and says, "Yeah, feed my son." So the idea is that he's just going to be in prison, oh. and cutting off chunks of his own henchmen to feed to Sebastian. <laughs> and the whole thing's a surprise because we don't know Sebastian's alive still, or like in zombie, we don't know he's still. Alive. We thought that like her people killed him, right? Because he. Like later, earlier on, she's right. on the, he's on the gurney, and and he's like, take care of it. Down. So you yeah, just yeah. Think that like they shot, you know, him. Uh, he takes forever to turn to a zombie. By the way, right? Like he like he was killed like you know a day ago, and he like just now wakes up as a zombie. Like okay, uh, yeah, it's, it's like really, season one rule again. Uh, he's an like entitled he, little like, brat that just figures he'll wake up when he wants to. And it's not like he got a nibble on the foot or whatever. He got bit in the fucking neck. Like he should be turning instantly into a zombie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, but oh yeah, she, the whole thing is that she like is basically just forcing him to feed chunks of her guy to to Sebastian, which is like, well, that's twisted. <laughs> that's a way. See, yeah, that's see. I heard her say, "Feed my son," and I, I again, I think when I like was taking my just notes, where I they, think where I, they I, dumped I, the body of her henchman on the didn't, floor. didn't catch up on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally didn't see that. So, um. So yeah, that that's that's how that that ends. Um, 
So then we get to Mercer and Princess. And again, this is like the, so now this is the third conversation that Mercer has with somebody. And this one's obviously more long, longer and more thought out. And Princess kind of really dives into her backstory and talks about how her upbringing and her stepdad and how she was treated and what they did to her and how she sees what's going on in, in this, in this place, in the, in the, in the Commonwealth. And, you know, talks about how she's, you know, she sees this place is becoming like her stepdad and, you know, she After doesn't weeks want of any, like not having princess that. around. Um, it's like, I'm glad like not just getting like, you know, quirky princess stuff, but you get like a meaty scene of character between her and Mercer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it was, a, it was really good writing. And yeah, and yeah writing this was this scene, which again, it it it, sure. it, it kind of helps us understand where she was when we first met her, right? Like, you know, she obviously we kind of got the impression, you know, we always get, you know, again, you always get the impression that she's had some kind of like, you know, kind of bad past or something. And so now we kind of get the the details of that. And again, you look at the looks on Mercer's face and you could tell it's it's starting to wear. OK, so now this is the third person. Um, you know, somebody he respected as a friend, somebody that's his literal family, and then his his love interest, and they're all basically telling him the same thing. Yeah, yeah. it's not um, not the best place for Mercer to be. And I really like Mercer. I like the character. No, but it's like, yeah, dude, you're in a and like he's back into a corner, right? His family is being jeopardized here, and presumably she matters to him more than yeah. the random new group that she that they met like six weeks ago or whatever. But still, it's or it's been a while, I guess. Now at this point, right? Um, right. But. Yeah, I I get it. I guess it's not the easiest position to be in, but it's also like, you know, what you know, there's a very clear side as far as what to look out for, and this isn't working for me. So I got to split. I can't stay with you, Mercer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, you can tell Mercer is kind of coming to the realization that, like, he's probably going to have to make a choice here, as far as like what side he's on. You know, even if he, yeah, you know, even if he's not leaving, like. It's 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 becoming, I think, clearer to him that the Miltons are truly up to no good, and that there's something you know sure. that that choices are going to have to be made, and that he can't he can't keep towing the party line. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever resolve that conflict in the checks notes six episodes we have left of the series as a whole. <laughs> so. so then we cut back to uh, the the Ren Fair, um, and uh, the Walkers uh, get in. And, you know, it's funny, Lydia and Aaron are standing there and he's like, well, no, we double checked everything. Everything's all all locked up and they keep hearing this noise and then it gets really loud. And Lydia's like, that's not like the wind or whatever. And she get, and Aaron's like, no, it's not. And, the you know, both of them get up and <laughs> they find a bunch of walkers. And then this is the part where like Jerry comes up with his sword and just goes ham on everybody. That was it was like a great Jerry moment. I get to like a slow mo like action sequence yeah. like this, whatever this is. It's I like awesome. it. <laughs> yes. Uh we got some some really good Jerry. Um But yeah, and then they see they you know they're able to kind of barricade themselves in in a place and they see the doorknob moving. And it's cool because Aaron the, his first thought is, you know, more damn whispers. Like he he just assumes like, oh, jeez, yeah. it's, it's just the whispers. Which is and the so right then, assumption. I mean. Of course. Yeah. Um and so they're able to there, – there's a real cool shot with, like, Lydia and Elijah climb up the top, like, the second story of wherever they're at. There's, like, this weird, like – I guess it's, like, a crane shot or a drone shot or something where it's kind of, like, at a weird angle and the two of them kind of clamber up and then it, like, 
it pulls out to the outside and then goes overhead. I'm and sure it's your own stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. Like I, I think it was it was real. Uh, it was well choreographed. I, 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 I liked that shot. Like it, it really stood out to me as, uh, as, as being a pretty cool, a pretty cool effect. But yeah. They get, they get, uh, he, they assume it's the whispers and poor Jerry is like, he's like, dude, dude, <laughs> dude, <laughs> like, cause he can't move. And he, he could tell one's coming behind him and Aaron comes up and starts punching on the face and then is like cursing at the whisperer and grabs this the awesome. face and pulls the, pulls the skin like off the face and sees like the walker still you know the the skull I, is still, I, I, still I, I, moving. Felt like a dark scooby doo like, joke it's like let's see who this really is <laughs> yes it's yes like, it's yes, just yes. so graphic like, i really liked it a lot it's like the work there you know, yeah. it feels like it makes up for some of the like you know more questionable walkers we've seen sometimes in this show where it's like well that was pretty fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah that whole that whole bit like again from the beginning from them you know coming in from jerry's you know bit the, the escaping up the top the face like it was all just really well done so they're they're completely confused you know and then it cuts to the daytime you know again where they kind of can see what's going on so we get that we get that walker with no face in the daytime too which is so which some is people cool. on the uh on our on our facebook page uh the wtv podcast facebook page which you should very much join um, they've been pointing out a uh, world beyond references. Um, am I missing? I mean, clearly I'm missing something. But what, I'm it, assuming it, it's the post credit scene. The the post credit scene in world beyond. In no, world no. beyond, there oh, was okay. but no, no, no. no. It's okay. not in this episode. Remember, yeah, no, 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 no. In, in world beyond, the, the, yeah, the 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 French scientist or whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's just, and then those walkers. What they start like? Don't they start running? Like don't they run after him? There's. There's some smart walkers in the world. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. That's what I'm. Well, but it, it looked. It, I don't know if they naturally occurred or it's because of the tinkering that the what is what what is the CRC whatever oh, uh, the CRM the CRM yeah that um, the experiments that, that the scientists have been pulling. So I, yeah. I got the impression that they're they're tying this together there. I have no idea. I, I assume so. I mean, you don't introduce that yeah. stuff because you're not going to use it at some point. But yeah, although I still think it's just like evolution as opposed to. Yeah, I don't think like the French yeah. like you know <laughs> did an airdrop of a walker with intelligence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So then you come back to to the Commonwealth and everyone's getting ready to leave. They're all set and ready to go. Um, and Eugene is like, I'm, I'm going to stay like, I can't. And he even t- says, tells Rosita, like you told me at, at one point that there's somebody out there for me. And I believed I believed you. And I finally found that's that person. And I'm not gonna just abandon her and leave. And so he walks into the police station Detective! Out, he and holds up he, his bloody hands. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he, he he gets on his knees, turns himself in. Here's um, my thing about this: I never had much suspense about this happening. Now, granted, like it's a good episode. There's a good journey here for the characters, but in terms of like the conclusion of Eugene being on the lamb, there's just no part of me that thought, "Oh, he's probably going to get away at the end." I'm like the whole time, just thinking. 
obviously he's going to turn himself. But like that's the that's Eugene. That's the kind of thing he would do. <laughs> like there's no version of this where yeah. he, he runs away, you know, yeah. <laughs> hoping that he makes it another day tomorrow. It's like this guy's going to turn himself in just to just to like save Max or whatever. Uh, which is fine. It's just like it felt like it, it did feel like a waiting game a bit because I'm already sitting here being like, why aren't they investigating the church? Uh, and like, when's Eugene going to turn himself in? That was the question I kept asking yeah. myself. But again, when he goes in and he's like, look, I surreptitiously uh-huh. recorded this. Max had nothing to do with it. I acted alone. And again, you look at Mercer yeah. and he has yeah. that look on his face. Like, he's very conflicted. Like, okay, this dude was willing to sacrifice himself and confess to this even though he knows that Max is the one that did it. Like, he knows that, that it was her. I mean, he, I mean... I mean, it was a collab. Well, yes, but... but <laughs> they, the, they, they, did, they schemed together. But yes, he knows that, that she's not innocent. Right, sure. right. And so the fact that he's willing to come in and knowing that, that, that they'll execute him and gets her off the hook, again, he's... The wheels are turning. At least that—that's maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just keep looking at the way that that they're they're portraying his. Oh, I hear you because you're just you're just waiting for next week when he's like on some kind of like you know in the gallows and like he's like holding up an axe and he's like never mind turns around he'll kill like three more Commonwealth people to get the hell out of there on a stagecoach or something. It's a western now apparently. Uh, but you well, like no, you know there's going to be a heel turn on Mercer's part as far yeah. as like what's going to happen. He picks up Pamela and throws her off a bridge or yeah. down, a, down, an elevator, down an elevator shaft or something, you know. Maggie, out of nowhere, swings in with, like, a fucking Molotov cocktail. Mercer, take this! And they burn the entire place down. Yeah. What if this happens? What if that is the solution? There's one <laughs> Molotov cocktail that burns the entire, the entire city of Kamala. City down. <laughs> But as the so after this happens, we cut back to the to the group and Ro, Rosita's kind of getting stuff together. Two guys bust in, and it's a nice little action sequence. She's able to kind of fight back, you know, a little bit, get the you know try and try and get away from them, and ultimately they you know they end up getting the drop on her. So you could tell like uh oh like they're they're all about about to get picked up. Um, and that's well, what you, we end do you this think episode. that's specifically the Milton people? Is there any other possibility of who that could be responsible for? I think it's still. I think it's still. Uh, uh, Hornsby. Hornsby's people, possibly. I don't know. I, I like. I'm curious too, as far as like, what is this? What is it going to be? Uh, because they got they got Eugene. He confessed, and he went in there. So I think this is. I think this is Hornsby's people. I got the. I. That that was my impression. It was either Hornsby's people or it's something we haven't met yet. I mean, that's why I'm curious because it's i i don't I don't know what other entity there would be that would do something here. So it's like, well, what it because it like it it yeah. feels like well, obviously Hornsby would be the the main culprit to suspect, but wait, why? Like, what else is there? Maybe it's what leads us on the road to Dead City. Or maybe they're going to use the people they kidnap as leverage to get Daryl or whoever to get Hornsby out. Like, you know, hey, you need to bust him out of whatever jail they're holding him in or we're going to kill your people or whatever. So I don't know. I did see the preview for next week, so 
that that gave this me a lot of clues to what's going on. <laughs> like so. I immediately turn it off the second we're done. With yeah, it. I know, I know. Oh yeah, as soon as we're done here, I'm yeah. gonna watch next week's episode. <laughs> as we're done here, I'm gonna watch Chucky because Chucky rocks. Um, but but eventually, I will get to next week's episode. <laughs> Chucky the original or Chucky the remake. Well, neither movie is called Chucky. That's called Child's Play. I'm watching the, the TV, TV series called Chucky. Oh, I forgot they made a TV series. Is it yeah. good? It's great. As oh. as the Child's Play series has been, um, it has remained great. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy. I don't like the remake, uh, but I am happy with the fact that the story that's began with Child's Play has gone on just for like six movies and a two-season TV series and has maintained all of the continuity and is doing it very effectively. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, so what are our busters? Why has Brad Dourif not been on The Walking Dead? That's what I'm asking next. He seems yeah, like a perfect right? person to be on The Walking Dead. Agreed. <laughs> Brad, Brad Dourif on this show easily would fit. 100%. 100%. Make him the mayor of the Commonwealth. Let's get it. Pamela gets murdered. And then it's like, what about old Stan? And like, Brad Dourif emerges <laughs> yes. from a basement somewhere. Like, what, me? <laughs> Puts down his whatever he's tinkering with. And it's like, I guess I'll accept. <laughs> That's how most uh, changes of power happen, right? They just suggest somebody and somebody emerges from the shadows. That's right. And says, yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that's how. That's how. That's how it's done. It's like it's like a West Virginia thing. <laughs> all right, Busters. How many Busters do you give this episode, Aaron? Um, <clears throat> it's a lot of good character work. Uh, like I really like these one on ones that we're having, and we had the big pandemonium at the end of the last week, and like that. You know, you do that, that means you have to tone it down this week by comparison. And the fact that I found it all like intriguing and like compelling, uh, that puts me at I think in a four busters. Like I like this episode because of the amount of detail we're getting on these relationships that are being had and the fallout of such an extreme action from last week. So it was, good, it was a good episode. Uh, four, four. And and we got Smart Walker and a bunch of Jerry. Who's gonna complain about having a bunch of Jerry on this episode? Like it was great. So yeah, four. Sweet. Rich? I think that you can always have a certain percentage more Jerry than they give us, but obviously I agree. Um, well, like I, I said for the last episode is these two. And again, I watched them back to back just felt like one giant episode to me. So my rating just carries over. It's a four busters for sure. Um, and like Aaron said, the character work, I mean, the scene with princess and Mercer was probably one of my favorite scenes of this episode. So, yeah, I, I'm on the same page. You guys are four for me as well with this one. To me, this was just as good as, as the previous episode, maybe a little bit more, maybe not quite as a four or five, but pretty dang close. Um, I, I, I really, really like this episode. And then again, the Jerry stuff to me was just the icing on the cake. So, so four for me, but we've got the Facebook ratings. Um, Aaron, do you want do you want me to read them or are you good? I, to... I, can, I can do it. I can read it. Uh, All righty. Jimmy took care of the previous ones. Win their thoughts, and here it is under this lovely photo of Jerry that I chose for our Buster rating episode this week. Um, Let's see. Mike Jones writes, 3.5 Renfest out of 5. It was a solid episode. Princess finally got some screen time. The walkers we saw in the world beyond were awesome. I don't think there's enough time to left to fully explore it, though. I'm thinking Mercer will somehow help Eugene, but both of them won't make it out alive. 
the next one we have is from uh, David David Boo the Third. He writes four out of five busters. It seemed they hinted at some kind of walk revolution in the previous episodes, and this scene at Kingdom 2.0 fulfilled that destiny. The walkers became a threat again, at least temporarily. But the true evil that this show has always shown resonated with well with Governor Milton. Her evil side reminds me of a lot of politicians in real life. Eric Jackson writes, so I went to the DVR to play an episode of The Walking Dead, but instead I saw a show with great characters, great acting, and some great dialogue. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, not, I'm still not sure exactly what it was, but I, I saw, but I'll give it a, a five. Uh, was that a World Beyond reference? Out of, out of five, I admittedly might be blowing that out of proportion because getting accustomed to subpar, but I feel like it's been a long time since an episode was done that well. He was quite the fan of a show that I guess was not been satisfying him very much. Uh, Kevin Barry adds four walkers are a threat again out of five. Enjoyed most of this episode, and I hope they're not setting Jerry up to die now that he has plans to be a king. Does he? I I bet he just can't wait to be king. Uh, I mean, because we've we've dealt with this before, right? Where Zeke, I mean, that's why he has the sword, right? Because Ezekiel gave it to him. Yeah. Gifted the opportunity to take on the the role of a of a regal leader, um, and I mean at this point, I see a lot of confidence in Jerry. You know, I I think. Oh, I could see it. I'm just saying, did he actually say, "Yeah, I'm going to do that"? I don't think he's sitting around being like, "Man, I can't wait to finally be the uh, the ruler of a new land here." But I do think if you know, push comes to shove, and we need somebody in Pat We if they need somebody, can't we? We're so in dire straits here. If they need somebody to be put in place of power, if Jerry's name was suggested by someone, I don't think he'd necessarily deny it. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, thanks for all those comments, everyone. Um, as we get to the home stretch, hopefully we'll we'll keep it up and get get more comments with every episode. Uh, we should be back to a somewhat regular schedule, I think. My life, I'm back from vacation. I think work's gonna kind of ease up a bit, so uh, I think we'll be in good shape. Um, until then, Aaron, where can people find you on um, the internet? I host a podcast called Out Now Out There Today with my friend Abe. We talk about weekly movie releases. However. Uh, this October, in addition to the main reviews that we've had, we've been having all these special bonus horror-themed episodes throughout the month, which we do every October. Um, always a lot of fun because we get to talk about horror in so many different ways. Uh, this month alone, we had a very detailed conversation about The Shining. Uh, I'm in the literally in the midst right now of posting our latest episode covering horror movie posters, where we talk about the evolution of posters from the 10s all the way to now, uh, which was really cool. We had a good long discussion about that, um, among other topics that we covered in the that's that's all a lot of fun. That's on out now with Aaron and Abe. I write reviews for Leave Entertainments. That's Walking Dead reviews in my movie. Uh, and I write for Wise of Blue as well for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS. Excellent, Rich. Uh, yeah. Generally, you'll find me hopping around the internet on the socials at Chubtoad zero one. Um, and then speaking of horror movies and stuff, I just rewatched the original Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy, Bride of Frank, all of the Universal. Love it. It's been too long. Nice. And you can stay tuned here, hhwlod.com, for this very podcast, um, for all of my stuff here. So thanks everyone for listening. We will be back next week um, with another episode of The Walking Dead. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, if Jerry dies, we riot. For sure.
All right. Guys, I have 